You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 255 and 256 of Fed by Ravens. Go ahead, ask me. No. Well, okay. (laughs) The ringing had to do with being 100 days. Mm -mm. No? No. How many days are in a year? 365. Oh, I'm so backwards. (laughs) Well, I saw 56, I got 65. The good news is the Lord's word is more powerful than the vessel that carries it. So you might be losing trust in me, but that's okay. Trust in the Lord. And that is exactly what Isaiah is saying. All right. Our Old Testament reading for today is Isaiah chapters 29 through 32. Put that behind us. All right. Chapter 29. Uh, Ariel, Ariel. Ariel. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you say the destruction's complete? Whoa! God's gonna come down to earth and ruin everything. (laughs) (laughs) I got kingdoms and chariots galore. Israel (laughs) acted as a whore. Oh, man, Matt's spitting up his coffee, so I'll carry this on my own. (laughs) The name Ariel, it's chapter 29, and it actually means the hearth of God. And so what happens is God, God creates Israel, and (laughs) now we got the giggles. Maybe you gotta wait for like episode 1000 to actually hear us laugh. (laughs) So, (laughs) what did I miss? (laughs) So, Egyptians? Sure, I got 20. Okay, so, uh, we're back. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so, so, Ariel, <laughs> uh, Extended. Are, are we back? <laughs> How many people have crashed? <laughs> Driving. Okay, so, Ariel means hearth of God. <laughs> yes, correct. Because the sacrifices to God were in Jerusalem, right? At the temple. Right, yeah, yeah. But now Jerusalem, the city itself, is becoming the sacrifice. Correct, because they've rejected God. Oh. Wow. That was hard (laughs) to get through. But worth it. So good. feels good to laugh. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I'm just mimicking you right now because I don't know what to do. I'm just going to (laughs) die. Did you spit up your coffee? (laughs) Okay, so I'm praying today that we can get through this and that we can be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. (laughs) Once a year, you get a good laugh, guys.
It's a lot of work. 256. <laughs> oh, man. 356 days a year. Uh, Don't worry about those other uh, 10. nine. Okay. We're live. <laughs> I'm keeping this in. <laughs> oh, we have to. <laughs> must okay if anything go to just go to isaiah today go read these for yourselves <laughs> for once okay this is chapter 29 of isaiah it's hilarious check it out <laughs> yeah you will laugh and laugh what a letdown when you go to read this on your own and you're like the what? city the city where david encamped add year to year let the feast run their round yet <clears throat> i will distress ariel it's just the idea there should be moaning and lamentation I mean, the big idea is uh, the place of sacrifice to the Lord is becoming a sacrifice because they've turned away from the Lord. Yeah. And so the Lord is going to purify all the evil from the city. Exactly. And you'll see two familiar um, themes that come back through Paul, that come back through Jesus, that come back through Revelation. And the two are the sealed book, that <clears throat> the books have been mm-hmm. sealed and closed up because the people have rejected and violated and and just uh, disrespected God so much. He's like, fine, I'm closing. I'm not going to show you what I'm about and the plans I have because you're my enemy now. So the book is closed. You'll see that in Revelation Mm -hmm. where Jesus opens, breaks the seals to the books where it's we're we're made right and be able to hear again. But Jesus does that too. And then you have the potter and the clay. Like this is where Paul gets straight up his his language of, does the clay say to the potter, why have you formed me this mm-hmm. way? I and mean, this is straight in the context of Israel, <clears throat> of Isaiah to the people. Um, and he's saying basically the visitation of the Lord will bring death and destruction. But <clears throat> the Lord also promises great things and desires genuine repentance, not hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And so he always, the pattern always is law and gospel. And so he always says there's, you guys deserve punishment. You will receive punishment, but God will always retain a remnant and be gracious and merciful. It's always for the purpose of repentance and restoring this relationship because you guys will not listen to anything else. Well, in chapter 30, I mean, literally, he says, you stubborn children. This sounds like something my wife has never used these words, but she's like, similar sentiment. You stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan, but not mine. And who make an alliance, but not of my spirit, that oh, they may add sin to sin. And it's like my wife saying, I told you to put away the meatloaf. And it's like, you had a different plan mm-hmm. to leave it out and ruin <clears throat> it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's quite, I mean, again, it's just over and over again, very clear. Please align yourself with me. I have your good in mind. If you do not, I'll have to cleanse you. Which again points us to the work, the cleansing work of Jesus, who does reinstate us into the plan, does reinstate us into all these things. Um, and then the last idea, at least for me, coming out of chapter 30, is again with the, you can't trust in the surrounding governments, yes. and you especially <clears throat> can't trust in Egypt. Yeah, he's like, <clears throat> he is really uh, hitting this idea over and over again, saying, Please stop trusting in Egypt. Please don't go there. Please don't go there. Please don't go there. I walked naked for three years to kind of demonstrate how not to go there. Look at this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Exactly. You're not getting me back in there. I'm trying. 
Come on, giggle monster. It's not going to happen. God tells Isaiah, too, you see here in 1 through 7 in chapter 30, he tells him to write it down as a witness forever. It's like some of these writings are here for the very purpose of, I don't want you ever to forget this. Mm -hmm. And then there's this kind of beautiful, it reminded me of home improvement projects. He's saying judgment comes suddenly, like a breach in the wall, but it's actually not sudden, like it bursts suddenly, but you saw the hole in the you wall. You saw the cracks. Yeah, you see the cracks. Beginning to form. And you're like, oh, we probably need to deal with that. And then one day it explodes. You're like, I don't know what happened. You know mm-hmm. what happened. You didn't change your oil. You didn't do something. But the promise yes. is in verse 15. I just, I love Isaiah's uh, connection to what the promise actually is. It's returning and rest, quietness and yes. trust. Yes. This this section blew my mind yeah. as I was reading it. Uh, the this idea that God's inv- invitation to us always yeah. is to rest and trust in Him, but He's like, but you constantly go and look <clears throat> to your own strength, to military power, and fine if you want to trust in those things, those things will rule over you, and they spin you up in out of control they keep you up at night they give mm-hmm. you nothing but fear that it's all going to go away because you understand how you got it and you realize mm-hmm. hey someone else could get it the same way i got it right. someone could be better than me and you're right someone is better at you mm-hmm. so he's like instead what i'm asking you to do is to rest and be quiet and be still and be peaceful because i will carry it all I will be your strength, so you don't have to try to protect yourselves and did, save yourself. Did you ever play King of the Hill, like on a giant mound? Did they still play that when you were growing up? <clears throat> um, or did parents step in and say, stop it? So, probably for a very brief period in my early years, but uh, in the advent of video games... Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> See, so before video games, there'd be a giant hill where they're building a house, and we all the kids, and you play King of the Hill, and you throw each other off, and it was kind mm-hmm. of violent, but... When you're on top of the hill, you can never rest. Right, no. And so when you're in charge of your own life, there is no quietness, there is no rest, because there's someone else who wants what you right. have. And so uh, I just, it's like, come to me, and I'll take care of everything, and you can actually be yourself. Right. And relax. And then his final word, and this one is, so wait for the Lord. And I, mm-hmm. I just like the idea that God will wait for you. He's waiting for us. He's going to show grace, mercy, and justice. So now you wait for the Lord. And that's the situation we're even in now. It's like we can wait for Jesus to come back because he, he's the God of patience and waiting mm-hmm. and just wait for it, wait for it. Um, yeah, and he kind of <laughs> ends up with, when you can finally wait on me, yeah. there will be peace. You will uh, throw away all your false gods. Yeah. Uh, there will be rain for the seed. There will be prosperity and we will destroy and get rid of all of the um, evil from this world and all the discord, and you will be able to actually rest in me. Which, it did remind me, this thing, he gets back to Egypt, and he's like, look, the Lord will be gracious, and I'll do what you just said. Mm -hmm. But he goes, the Lord will hear the sound of your cry in your anguish. So like, that's a throwback to what happened in Egypt. He heard the sound of his people Mm -hmm. in slavery. He'll save you from Egypt again. Yeah. This time. But it's so funny. It sounds different. Like, this time he's saving you from going down to Egypt to get help. Yes. Because you're looking to them. The first Mm -hmm. exodus feels like, oh, you're trying to escape from them. But really, you were escaping um, the slavery to security. 
Yes. That's so God exactly. was calling you out when they were going, well, we have onions and leeks here, and at least we're protected here. And God had to call them out of that false sense of security in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the same now, calling them out of the false sense of security. They're just already in the promised land. And so the invitation is to rest in the Lord. And today, there are places that have enslaved us that we have to, uh, they're enslaving us to this false notion of security. <clears throat> so this, and he says in, in verse 21, this is the way I will lead you, the day when the Lord binds up brokenness of his people. It's a beautiful verse. Um, and he heals the wounds inflicted by his blow. So though he is, his anger mm-hmm. is burned for a little bit, it'll be followed up with uh, the gospel, something so restorative and restful and great that take your lumps, repent, and then be comforted. Yeah, <clears throat> so he is in 31... He, he is kind of directly promising, like, he's saying, don't yeah. turn to Egypt, they will fail you. They will not save you from the Assyrians. Uh, I will. Yeah. I will stand up, and even though you will go to Egypt, they will fail you and let you down, and there will be a consequence for that, I will still defend you from Assyria, and I will fight for you, and Assyria will come up against you, and they will flee from you, not because of your sword or your might, because of me. Right. And they do eventually in Hezekiah's reign. So it is really cool to see Isaiah like setting this up and reminding or telling them, this is what's going to happen. The Lord will fight for you. Mm-hmm. And you see uh, in <clears throat> verse 1 of 31, it's, I remember there's a psalm that says this too, some trust in chariots, yes, <clears throat> but I will trust in the Lord. And he does say, you know, they rely on horses and trust in chariots and they're horsemen because they are very strong. But but they do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. So mm-hmm. um, God's promising, Isaiah is promising the king will come. He will have <clears> total <throat> control and total power, and he'll use it for comfort and rest and restoration. And so you just he's going to expose all things for what they really are, mm-hmm. and um, including crop failure. Like Isaiah kind of poetically says things like, you know, your crops are going to fail, and it's a no-brainer because you've angered and you've stolen from the God of all the earth. Yes. So, like, yeah, it, when you go against his <clears throat> order in, like, not worshiping him, then it, that breeds disorder. So, like, you shake your fist at God, you're breaking the order, God worship or man worships mm-hmm. God, and you want God to worship you, well, then that breaks the order of creation, so now your crops are failing. Right. And, uh... It's just interesting, but the the great promise in this chapter is verse fifteen. Did you, you? I know you caught that. Or no, is that chapter thirty? Thirty-two. Two. I've moved into thirty-two. <gasps> yeah, you have, um, and, and it's okay. So, thirty-two is again the promise that there will be a king that will reign in righteousness, and yeah. and it is kind of an immediate reference to like Hezekiah, and uh, later on, is it Josiah? Um, yeah, and. But it's even a greater reference to Christ. Of and, course. And his rule and his reign and what that will bring. But then <clears throat> in the middle of 32 at 9, verse 9, he again turns it and he's like, now listen, like all of you who are complacent, you complacent, he uses yeah. the uh, like complacent daughters or women and I was thinking about this. So the connection to, like, cities. Right. It's always feminine. Cities are always considered feminine. And so, like, 
specifically to the women of his people, but also in a general sense, addressing the cities. The cities have become complacent and their trust is in the success of the city. Right, because the cities are the beautiful bride to Mm -hmm. the king. They're the queen to the king. So the Mm -hmm. guy who rules, he's only ruling for the benefit of his city and as good as his city is, he wants it to be beautiful and wants it to be great and safe. And so he's like, do not trust or rely on your current wealth and luxury. Like that will not... Uh, protect you or save you from the coming destruction so wail out cry out to god and because this is all about to get turned upside down upside down and then until the spirit is poured upon Mm -hmm. us from on high and then god turns it upside down where the wilderness becomes a fruitful field Mm -hmm. so like once the spirit is poured out things that places where people should not love god start to love god people like us who would not on our own look? We look like we're just dead ends, you know. We're just right. going to make money and try to live our lives. Now are working for God, and so it's the Spirit that initiates and sustains. And the Spirit is like water on the crops that have dried yes. up. It's water. It's the it's the living waters, um, not the Nile. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. Complacency, though. If you're complacent, you will be laid low. Whew. Well, I wonder if we should make a note on this episode that. On minutes, uh, I don't know, two through six, we're just giggling. That would probably make the episode more attractive. (coughs) I don't know what people like anymore. Thanks, Isaiah. Our New Testament reading for today is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 through chapter 13. Still haven't recovered. I'm still trying to recover, man. The aerial bit. That was intense. It's called the aerial bit today. Okay. Sweet Paul. I was just saying to Matt, I I feel like the Apostle Paul is just a solid human. Mm -hmm. Like he's just connected to who he is. He's connected to God. He's connected to his people. He's just being honest and he's speaking forthrightly. He's speaking sincerely. He has healthy boundaries and he's like, hey, 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 hey. And what we find in our lives is most people aren't that healthy. (laughs) And yes. so you feel like you're in crazy town. <clears throat> and I feel like the Apostle Paul has felt a little bit like he's in crazy town. Yeah, so he's been trying to defend himself right. because he word has reached him that these super, quote-unquote, super apostles have entered the church of Corinth and started casting shade on his ministry, to use the vernacular of You're so today. young and hip. <laughs> um, well, I finally got the <clears throat> picture in my mind. Mm-hmm. It took, it's taken several years. But what's happened is, is Paul's out of town, right? Mm-hmm. And they have this nice little fellowship, this nice little church that's been started. And the super apostles kind of advertise themselves. They come in and they're like, oh, you guys are talking about Christ? Yeah, you're welcome to come in. And as they come in, they start talking trash about Paul. Mm-hmm. And the issue is nobody stood up. Like, you know, you've been somewhere where this is kind of happening. You're like, yeah. if someone comes in and goes, oh, Matt's a jerk. Right. And you just sit there quietly, <clears throat> and you're like, yeah. I don't really agree with that, but I don't know, and now I'm kind of confused. Like, wait, is Matt a jerk? Mm-hmm. Is Paul really trying to abuse it? They just accused him of things, and those guys are really good speakers, and they're wealthy, and they, they're talking about Christ a little bit. And so um, that's why, what, that's what's behind Paul's motivation, where he's able to get into it, because it's, they're not totally turned yet. Like, right. they're not so aggressive. That's why, if someone's that, already turned, <clears throat> you're kind of like, all right, I'm out of here. 
Yeah, they haven't turned, and the congregation isn't accusing Paul of this. They're just not defending him. And so he actually references, uh, for I was not at all inferior to those super apostles, even mm-hmm. though I'm nothing. So after he just listed all that he's done, all he's suffered, all he's seen, but he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not inferior to those super apostles, but I am nothing. Mm-hmm. Because again, when you're talking about the connection to the gospel, weakness is strength. And right. faith is success. So the mm-hmm. success of a person is the, the amount and the ability to trust the gospel, to trust the word of God, to trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, crucified, boom, basic right. milk. Right. And he's done that. And so um, he has to kind of break down like, look, I never burdened you. Forgive me if I did, but I didn't. Or maybe I should have <clears throat> because these yeah. guys are asking for money and payment. These guys are asking you, they're burdening you and destroying me. So um, if that's if that's what you want, fine. But I'm just telling you, I'm your parent, and parents save up for their kids. And these super apostles are telling you that you're supposed to pay for your parents. Mm-hmm. And he uses that straight up, uh, that exact those exact words. And he's yeah. like, I love you. I love you. He says it like in three different ways. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. I love you guys. Please, don't fall for this. Uh, and I intend to keep my vow to serve the Lord and love God's people. Yeah, and then he's just kind of being like, um, did I take advantage of you? Like, are, are there things that you're upset about me? Then talk to me. Like, right. let me know. What are they? Did any of my guys take advantage of you? What's going on that you guys would start, allow this type of talk and not defend me? Well, then he actually takes the role of a parent. So I think he <clears> says <throat> the parent thing, like, mm-hmm. I will, don't worry. You don't have to pay for me. I'm your parent. But then he does take the role of a parent by mm-hmm. saying, Do, am I gonna, when I show up, am I going to find quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder? I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over those who sinned earlier and have not repented of impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. So it is like a parental moment, like, hey, okay, I'm willing to take care of yeah. whatever accusations you have at me. What about your straight up sin. Mm-hmm. Remember that? I don't want to come with a rod. I want to come in gentleness. Mm-hmm. But if I, you know, when I show up, because this is my third time now in 13, he's like, <clears throat> my third time coming to you. And, uh, and I've warned those who sinned before and I'm warning them while I'm absent. He, yeah, he's trying to be very gentle and loving. And uh, he's like, if I show up this time and you guys are just straight up like, uh, we are not repentant. And I will excommunicate you guys. Yeah, that's what he says. He's like, I will, I will uh, not spare them. Since mm-hmm. you sp- seek proof that Christ is speaking in me, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. Right. So, I mean, Paul is saying, I will ex- use my power as a representative of Christ to say, and again, when you think of excommunication, oh, it's so mean. No, it's simply saying, uh, you are not a part of what we're doing. Right. And we don't want people to think you're a part of it. And we don't want you to think you're a part. You're actually not a part of us. We're not going to enable you or uh, validate your sin. Right. And it's it's actually very loving to everyone involved. Well, it's what God does to the Israelites. Right. He's like, look, I want to love you. And I want to not come with the rod. But you guys have rejected me. You have gone to such extremes that you're sacrificing your own children. So guess what? I'm going to use some nations to discipline you. Right. 
and I can't have people thinking this is who I am. Yes. Because we still have a bigger agenda here. Mm -hmm. It's to save the world, Mm -hmm. okay? Then he says, For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. So we're coming to deal with you. So he says, examine yourselves. Yeah. Test yourselves. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, So what do you think about the examination he gives? He's like, basically, see if Christ is in you. Or don't you know that Christ is in you? So well, I th- the examination is, how right. do you, like, how do you fail this test? So I think what he's saying, like, when I yeah. read this, I was like, oh, he's just going, look, if you're going to entertain accusations against me, mm-hmm. uh, run these through yourself. Right. All these accusations that have been leveled against me, I, I started you guys out on this. And so you better run these same accusations at yourself and go, oh, is this true of me? Right. Do I have this? Am I a Christian? And ask these questions. Wrestle with that. Like, are you in this? Or are we just some weird little club and grabbing for power and manipulation? And what are we doing here? Is Christ in you? Right. And so the examination, I was thinking too, like, my mind went immediately to, oh, what's the, how do I know? Mm-hmm. Test myself. And it is. Just look at what you're doing and you'll see the truth that's yeah. motivating all these behaviors. But then I was thinking too, like the quick test is how, um, how quickly do you surrender to Christ? Right. And are able to go, oh, I haven't played this perfectly. Oh, I need mm-hmm. your love. Oh, like that to me is the easiest test. Like if I'm holding out and I'm just going to be stubborn, well, okay, that's where you're at. Yeah. So why do you feel superior and in the position to judge someone else? Right. And then when you surrender and you say, God, forgive me, you realize I'm not in a position to judge anybody else. I'm asking for grace from God. And if anything, I'm in, the only position I'm in is to say, God will forgive you. Yes. And I forgive you. Well, Paul's whole deal here, right, we're finishing 2 Corinthians. Yes. Is that um, your restoration is what we pray for. Mm-hmm. All Paul wants is for everyone to be restored. And he's like, the Lord has given me the authority for building up and not tearing down. It's easy to tear down. That's what those super apostles did. Mm-hmm. It's easy to tear yourself down. Yeah. But the gospel is about building you up into a beautiful city, into a beautiful bride, into a beautiful body of Christ, uh, a fellowship. And so that's why he's like, finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. And he comes back to this word, comfort one another. Agree with one another, mm-hmm. live in peace, and the love of God and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. So a great letter from Paul following up. I just, in the final kind of summation of the Corinthians, I really enjoyed these two books this time around uh, because you can see Paul's not always dealing with huge um, ideas. You know, It's not like Romans. No, yeah. He's, he's dealing like with very practical, practical. He's applying the gospel to very practical situations that come up when, when people live together, mm-hmm. even connected by Christ. And that's kind of what he's saying. He's like, you're all connected to Christ. And so uh, he ends it with a great uh, benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I like that. Usually it's grace of God, mm-hmm. love of Jesus Christ, but no, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has come to you and have grace upon you. 
and it's motivated by the love of God for the fellowship, the being together, the restoration and the comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Our psalm for today is Psalm 107, verses 1 through 9. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way, till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Keep laughing today. Enjoy the day.